0: always, say that with me, say, always, always be full of joy in the Lord. You may not be able to be full of joy in what's happening around you, but always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. This is, he's putting the the final touches on this idea of joy and happiness in our lives. All from a prison cell, by the way. All from a prison cell. He says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. No no exceptions there. What? Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Listen, I don't, I don't have to do a spiel on trying to convince you whether or not you deal with worry and anxiety. Okay, all right, I know it's in the house all right. I'm also not a medical doctor when it comes to talking about these things. I just play one on TV. Um, so we're going to talk about this from a spiritual standpoint today. I, it's one of my favorite things. I want to dive into it and jump into it. But before we do, uh, turn around and greet three or four people today. Tell them how they look good. That you're glad they made it. Power outage and all. And just welcome a few people in the room today like to welcome in our freedom online church family as well um online folks i asked you a question uh what is your best i asked the guys online what's the best tips what's their best hacks for dealing with worry and anxiety so if you're in the room today if you want to jump in on that conversation as well or get that conversation going you can jump in the comments that's one of the beauties of doing live streaming and online is you can You can comment and critique the sermon uh, right from your seat. I know you're doing it. I know you're doing it. Uh, You might as well just tell people about it, too. Um, But no, you can share some of your anxiety tips and hacks in there as well. Uh, We've been going through this series on dealing with happiness, and we've talked about the difference between um, happiness as the world defines it and how God defines it, and we see that um, in many ways... It is completely opposite on what we are anchoring things onto. Yet at the same time, some of these things that we're, we've been talking about, happy people, are grateful people. Happy people have vision. Paul's, Paul, as I mentioned, was in prison as he's writing this. He's, he's old now. He's lived some years. He's been through some ministry. He's, he's been beaten and imprisoned and near death and shipwrecked and... Uh, stranded on an island and gone through a lot where you could easily point the finger at God and say, where are you? Where were you? You're silent. And I know for many of us in the room today, there is a time when you wanted God to speak and he seemed silent or was silent. There was a time when you wanted God to do something and he didn't. Or there was a time when you wanted God to stop something but he allowed it. So as we talk about worry today, as we talk about anxiety today, I'm not coming at you pointing a finger saying, shame on you. You shouldn't worry about anything. You're, you are less than because, no, I want to tell you today, if you struggle with this like I do and like everybody else, you're human today. All right, you're human. It does not make you more or less spiritual. We have to battle these things. What we're going to talk about today will not eliminate worry or anxiety or stress from your life. It is going to come. But what we're going to talk about today will dramatically reduce it. And when it comes, it can eliminate it when it comes. You don't have to hang on it and spin on it for hours or days or weeks or seasons or months. Or years. There are actions you can take. These are promises from God, not from me. These are God promises. Then you will, you will, you will experience the peace of God in your life. And that's where I want to get us today. And I realize whatever you're dealing with today, if I asked you, what's your biggest stressor today? What, what's what's going on in this season? It is, you know, in our mind and our human brains, it is all consuming. It is the thing. It weighs us down. It is the, if it's financial, relational, spiritual, our past, something uncertain in the future, something happening right now, um, that has us, and it's all-consuming for us. I also know, whatever you're worried about, guess what? I'm not worried about that thing. I love you, I care about you, but I'm not worried about your, your child, who... Is you don't know what's going to happen with them in school, or you don't, you know, they've gone down the road, and and you're like, oh, you know, are they ever going to come back to faith, or what's going on? Those things are weighing heavy on our brains, and they stress us out. Now, we're going to take our anxieties and our worries to our Creator, because guess who's not worrying about it? God is not worried about what you are worried about. In many ways, He's working on what you're worried about, and we're going to put our trust and faith. In there. So let's dive into this. He says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. There was a pastor out in California, his name's Chad Veach. I haven't read the book, but the title I know kind of goes right off on this as well. Um, but he says, uh, the title of the book is, we worry about everything because we pray about nothing. He just he flips it on the opposite, and, and he, he, he's Points out something I think that's pretty common, even amongst myself. Now, I'm a pastor and I pray, but how often do I go through life and I just, I try to tackle things by myself? Little issues, big issues, all those things. And I'll just, I, I, prayer's kind of that last resort. Now, I know some of you, you are more spiritual than me. You have, you know, you are the, the perfect Christian and you pray without ceasing all the time. But for the rest of us in the room, um, I have, um, I, um, I don't want these to all roll on the floor, so we'll see how well this goes, but I, I kind of see this is how it goes. We have all these things that we're we're carrying, and some things can be kind of small or insignificant, but we kind of hold on to them like, hey, you know what? We're running late to school today. Come on, kids. Let's go to school. We're going to be late again, and then, okay, we're late to school, but now I'm I'm late for work, all right, and then I get in the car, finally we're in the car, and my jack wagon spouse didn't fill, the car's on empty, they didn't fill it up. Like, when are they ever going to fill it up, and now I'm late for there. Then I'm driving through town in Los Alamos, and guess what? They got road construction on the Wayne Road, and then you try to go on the other one, and for, for some reason they got road construction on both sides of, the, of, the, of, of Central and uh, Trinity are both backed up, and I can't get anywhere because the truck's crashed in the middle of it or something like that. Um, then I got this spot that just randomly showed up on my skin, um, and now I'm a little bit concerned about that. And then I, I Googled it, I Googled it, you know, and, and that helped a lot. Um, my boss just sent me an, an email that said, uh, can we meet later after work? And you're like, okay, I'm going to worry about that. And then my mom, she's call, she's calling me on the phone. I don't know what the heck she wants right now. Um, uh, I turned on Fox News, and the world's in a dumpster fire right now. Um, going on, my kid just picked up a rough cough. Uh, that's going on. The insurance rejected my claim. Um, my 401k this year turned into a 201k. Um, my jack wagon spouse didn't put the dishes in the dishwasher right, and now the dishes aren't clean, and someone's got to do that. I stepped on the scale this morning, and uh, or I just even thought about stepping on the scale uh, this, this morning. Um, now I'm up at 3 a.m., I can't sleep, um, and I'm worried about all of these things. Oh, plus I got a sermon to write this Sunday, <laughs> and, and no offense to you guys, but you guys expect it to be good. And I expect it to be good, like you want it to be funny, and you want it to be engaging, and you want it to be theologically correct, and I've seen people leave because it ain't those things. And so the pressure's on for that, plus um, now I feel guilty and shame for holding all these things and not being able to control all the stuff. And oh, by the way, God, can you give me your peace to now, I need, some, I need some help. I need somebody. I got some balls right here. I need somebody to help me out. The, I need you to, those are going to represent God's peace. All right? Uh, can you, can, here, get one of those right there, Austin. Austin, grab one of those right there. I just want God's peace in my life. Can, don't, don't, like, launch it at me. You're going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> can you just, Can you just, like, toss me? This is, this is, okay, well, I can't really, I can't really do it, (laughs) and this kind of proves my point, stay right there, Austin, because I have to come back in a second, we want God's peace, and we want God's blessing in our lives, but we're sitting here trying to hold on and control all of these things, whether they're big or small, and sometimes even the smaller they are, it makes it even more hard to juggle. And we wonder why we're in this epidemic, this society that is just so stressed out and so anxious. When we got something in our in our back pocket, it's in my back pocket right now. I got info, I got access to more information. You know, human beings are not supposed to be all knowing. There's, I think there's. You know how in I, I wasn't I don't, I wasn't young enough when cigarettes were out and people just smoked and there wasn't any warning labels, and now there's like all these warning labels, I kind of think in another 20 to 30 years or so, there's gonna be warning labels on our phones. You guys just use that unrestricted. You had no idea what it did to your brain. You were never meant to have all of this knowledge. God is all knowing, not us. Now, here's what we do. Okay, I'll let go. God, you can have my finances. That's a good one. Can I have your blessing? And yeah, I got it. I got it. But I want, I want more blessing. Like, I want more peace, and I want more anxiety. Can, I, can you help me out, with God? Here. Oh, I can't do it. I think this represents me, where I can kind of pick and choose the things that I let go of, and God gives me a little bit, but I think God wants to give me more. But yet I'm still unwilling to let go of all of these other things, bitterness, anger, these things. And, and here's the other thing. Like, I can let go, but I can't control the thoughts that come in my brain, and then they come back up, and I pick it up again, and I forget that I'm holding on to these things. I could have uh, some of these balls in my pocket that I'm like, I didn't even know I was carrying that. I didn't even know that was there. Some of the stuff is under the surface that we don't even know. It's things from our childhood that we didn't even know while we're carrying these things. All right, illustration's over. I'll try not to slip and fall on these things like home alone uh, while I'm doing the service. We want God's blessing. We want God's peace. And he says here, he gives us, he gives us the way to go about that. So anytime these thoughts come our way, here's what we need to do. He says, don't worry about anything. He said, instead, first thing, if you're taking notes, pray about everything. Pray anxiety is a cue to pray I got anxious I got worried rather than going in the spin cycle and just thinking about things over and over and over again in my head pray it's your cue to pray so you might just get a little rubber band or something like that and you just kind of flick your wrist or something just to acknowledge like hey stop the cycle pray to God what is prayer what is prayer in a way prayer is humility we talked about happy people are humble people why is prayer humility? Well, if I'm talking to God, it's pretty much, I can't, God, I can't, I need some help. I am not all-knowing, I, I'm not all-powerful, I need help. All right, what is the prayer? What is prayer? It is humility, it Is also trust. I'm going to something outside of myself because I need help, I can't, but I'm also trusting God that you are faithful, you are able, and you can do something. So I'm coming to you in prayer. Jesus kind of says it like this. He says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He says, look at the birds. All right. And I I like Bob Marley songs because I love the beach. It kind of sounds like a Bob Marley song. He's like, those little birds, don't worry. (laughs) You know, he's like, just look at the birds. I'm like, come on, God, look at my bills I got going on here. And and he said, no, 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 no. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in any barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. No, Jesus is telling us, your worry is not helping at all. It is working against you. And so when we come to God, we're saying, I'm trusting you with this. And I need help now. Let me just give you a little bit. Like I'll go and I'll pray, and then I'll walk away. And ninety seconds later, guess what? It's right there again. So some of these things, I've got to go pray again. It is like minute by minute, second by second. Every time it hits, my first cue. I'm gonna pray. Doesn't have to be like all saintly and everything like that. And hold it. You know, closing your eyes. You can open your eyes and pray. It all works. Let me give you a few tips when you pray. All right. First thing, first thing, if you're like new to this praying thing, and this will help, if you could just understand who. Like take 10 seconds, take 30 seconds before you sit down and pray and say, thank you, Jesus, for this meal and bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies, amen, because that's what we traditionally say. Think about who you're talking to. If we would do that, your prayer life would change dramatically. Not that he's there to to kick you while you're down or anything like that, but you have God, the creator, the savior, listening to you. And you are right in his presence. Take a few moments to understand who you're talking to. Then, be relational, be conversational. This has helped me anyway. And and it kind of sounds weird, kind of sounds a little bit crazy, but whenever I'm talking to God, be it on a hike or be it at my, my table for a quiet time early in the morning, I'm just picturing um, some human version of God that is in my head, but we're just sitting there talking. So if I'm ha- going on a hike, He's just walking alongside with me. If we're sitting there drinking a cup of coffee, he's just drinking a cup of coffee with me. So I've gotten out of this, this uh, tra- for me, a traditional thing where I'm like holding my hands and closing my eyes. Now, sometimes I'll do that and I'll bow and just changing my posture will help. But a lot of times it's relational. And I'm just talking to him as I would talk to you if I were sitting down for coffee. And I'm just saying, hey, here's my words. Here's what I'm wor- worried about. And then when you get into the presence of God, I'm just, a word, a word. We're in a season where we're seeking God for a word. One word from God can totally change the trajectory of my day. To just say, Mike, I know. I know. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're worried about. I know how you messed up yesterday. I know. And I still love you. To just get a word from God to say, hey, I know the situation. I know it's crazy. Trust me. Can you trust me? Just to get a word from him can calm my soul and be in his presence. First step, pray. First step, pray. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. So, we're not just talking. There's something you need to do. Express thanksgiving. Give thanks to God for all he has done. Don't, you don't have to give thanks for everything that is happening around you. But you can certainly find something to be grateful for. More than likely, it's something that he's doing inside of you, which James would jump out in chapter 1 in James and say, Hey, count it pure joy when some sort of trial or tribulation comes your way. Not that we're excited for the trials and the tribulations, but God's doing something in me. He's producing a fruit, a character in me here. I can lean into these things. Gratitude. Humble people or happy people are grateful people. Corey Tinboom, she wrote in a, in a book, and she was, uh, her family would hide uh, Jews in World War II from the Nazis. And eventually her family got caught and put in prison camps. Uh, apparently she survived. But she wrote a book, and one of her quotes says this. He says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. And this is what Paul is pointing us to. All that worry, what's it going to add? A single moment to your life? No. Take it to God. Express thanks. So this is our, my, the uh, anxiety hack. All right, You want to hack for your anxiety and what you need to do, and this works every time. It doesn't eliminate it forever, but anytime time it comes, trust. Trust. God, I trust you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring it to you, and I'm trusting that whatever's happening, something's working for good. Hello at Romans eight twenty eight. Trust you, God. I'm going to come to you. I'm trusting you. And gratitude. Trust plus gratitude equals the peace of God. He says, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I want to ask you the question. God wanted me to prompt you today. Why are you anxious? What is it that is causing your anxiety? And this is a battle that takes place in your mind. This is a, it, 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 it plays out in your relationships around you But this is all up in your head. Your mind, think about it. Those kids over there, they might have some worries and anxieties right now, but it is a learned trait. They got it from somebody else. Mom and dad, probably from us, right? The anxiety is contagious, and it leaks out on the other people around us. What used to be a playground, their imaginations, they dream and they play. We're supposed to, God wants us to, to, to think and soar. Now becomes chained up in bondage with shame and guilt and worry and anxiety. And now it's a battleground. Paul talks about this. He says, hey, I'll take every thought captive and submit it to Christ. Because the enemy wants no part of you having a mind that dreams or envisions what God has. I'm in chains for Christ, as Paul said early on. No, he wants you in chains and bound up, not living for your purpose. So why am I anxious? Well, one of the things you need to do is check your intake to your brain. What, what, are, you, what are you ingesting in your brain? My, my workout partners and trainers would say uh, in the gym, guess what, Mike? You can't out-train a bad diet. There is no amount of workouts and exercise you can do to, out, to, to out-train bad nutrition. You can't come to church for an hour a week and then fill your brain with 137 hours of garbage throughout the week and expect your, this battle to go well. you got to check what you are putting into your brain. The media wants you to live off fear. Social media lives off discontent. I'm for all these things, you know, uh, to me. But you got to understand some of these things need boundaries around them. Healthy boundaries that are between you and God. They're not universal. But God might say, hey, 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 we need to check this. We need to check this. We need to check our intake. Some of us have no boundaries. And we just go wherever we want, whenever we want, have access to whatever we want. And it's wrecking our brain. It's wrecking our relationships. Why am I anxious? Well, Paul gives us a few ideas as we continue on. Verse 8, he says, Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. That's the title of this sermon. Fix your thoughts. You want to fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So, this worry and anxiety is a learned trait. Well, guess what? If it's a learned trait, you can unlearn it. And he gives you a habit, a practice that you can do right here, is got to work on our brain. we got to focus on things. We might have to, to, to set some things and say, this is toxic for me. This needs not my attention right now. All right? And so for me, when I think about negative things, a lot of it is just in my head these negative thoughts. And so uh, we joke around in our house, we call it the Regina George that's in our house. If you ever saw Mean Girls, Regina George is in there just saying, you're no good, you're not enough, I can't believe that. And I was sharing with Ryan earlier this morning how I'll get in this crazy cycle, okay? And I, I, I want the sermon to be good, and every week I will kind of just evaluate, how did that go? But one bad Sunday, one off Sunday, where I'm just like, you know what, that was that was a bad sermon. Like, that just did not go very well. And I can go from that was not very good to, you know what, that was a bad Sunday. You're, you're a terrible communicator. Did you know that? Like, no one's going to show up next week. And by the way, you're a terrible pastor. And this whole thing is about two weeks from being just completely done. And oh, by the way, your wife, she doesn't really like you either. Your kids, they don't respect you too. They're pretty much walking out the door as well. Oh, 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 by the way, guess what? You really can't do anything else. But pastor, no one's going to hire you. So you're pretty much done. The Regina George, I know you guys never think like this. The snowball that just goes on on negative thoughts. It's called, uh, my wife who's a counselor has helped me, it's like catastrophizing. Stop the catastrophizing. It was a bad sermon. Who cares? Move on. But now I'm washed up and done and homeless within a month. Here's the trick. Here's the trick. When that cycle starts to hit and you're just, I know that's, this is how it goes. This is anxiety. You stop it, and you're like, okay, that it was just a bad sermon. But then you pick it up, like that was a terrible sermon. You're a terrible pastor. Your wife hates you. They're gone, and you just spin again. You're like, okay, whoa, 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 stop. That was just a bad sermon. Okay, oh nope, they're they're gone. She she looked at you funny, and uh, someone else criticized you. And it, 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 stop. Sometimes I just have to say stop, because I can think a million things at once, but my my mouth can only say one thing. And so I would just out loud just start speaking truth. I got these negative thoughts. You have these negative thoughts. And the quicker you are and I can recognize, okay, I'm catastrophizing right now. I'm catastrophizing. These are not real, all right? Maybe it was, you know, we can critique and we can get better and we can evaluate, but not all these things are happening. The quicker you can do that and jump on that and take it to God. Some of us are still catastrophizing and we've been in it for months. But you can stop that right now, right here today, to recognize, okay, I got, di- I, got, I got negative thoughts. I got fearful thoughts, okay? Anytime you turn on Fox News, CNN, just know, okay, I'm ready for some fearful thoughts. Let's ingest fearful thoughts into my brain. Let's, the world is a dumpster fire, and let's start freaking out. That's what all the headlines are meant to do, all right? But I have fearful thoughts of just all, it's beyond media, all right? It's just the fear of what if, what if this, what if this, what if this, what if this? And I get in this what if thinking. All right. I have discontented thoughts. All right. Anytime you get on social media, just when you go to that intake inventory, get ready. Say, hey, I want some discontent here. I want to compare. I want to I want to look and compare and just get ready to bring it in. All right. I'm going to ingest some of these things. I got to take these things in in healthy doses. I'm not ditching social media. All right. But I got to understand what is it doing to my brain? And then these critical thoughts that I was talking about as well. I'm going to replace these critical thoughts, this catastrophizing, with truth. This is where you need a a good, solid group, all right? You need to get in a group with other Christians because here's the deal. I I, I will talk about these things, all right? The first time I joined a group, (laughs) um, I was in the session and I started to go through my list. Here's all the things that I'm thinking about. Here's all the things that I'm worried about. I'm picking up all these balls, and you know, I'm kind of juggling and I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm going through and I'm sharing with my counselor all these things that I'm stressed about, that I'm struggling with, or whatever. And in the middle of my monologue, he goes, Mike, stop. I said, Okay. He goes, You're giving me anxiety (laughs) with all of this stuff. No wonder you're struggling. But we started to look at these things and. see why 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 am I so anxious well I started to learn well I I'm not in control right now and I have some control issues (laughs) I'm not God so it's okay to kind of hand some of these things over to him I don't like uncertainty I like to be able to know the answers well guess what I'm not all knowing I'm not supposed to have all the answers it's called faith Sometimes you just kind of lean in on God and faith, and you start digging and digging. Fix your thoughts on truth, on God's word. Get you a group of people that lovingly can say, okay, here's my struggles. Here's the dumpster fire that's called my brain and, the, and the, how it's wanting to go down. And let them just say, okay, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Get you some encouragement. You don't go through this alone. You don't go through this alone. All right? And then he goes on. Paul says, he says, fix your thoughts on these things. Get into God's truth. Talk to him about it. Give thanks. But he says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, then the God of peace will be with you. So not just fix your thoughts, fix your actions. Why are you anxious? Because some of you have gone rogue with your time. I'll I'll do what I want when I want. God God can't tell me what to do. I'll go rogue on my time. I'll go rogue on my finances. These finances are mine. I'm not going to submit that to God. I'll go rogue on the screens that I watch and what I search for on the Internet. There's the church version of you. Then there's the, the, the work version of you. There's the home version of you, there's the Friday night version of you, and you're asking God for, God, I want your peace, but you are living in pieces, and your actions do not line up. It's going to be hard to experience the peace of God in your life when pieces of you are just all over the place. So you might be anxious because you've just gone rogue. That's Pride. I'll do what I want when I want. God, maybe on a good day, I'll listen to what you have to say. Now, you might be thinking, Mike, I'm anxious not because of my thoughts. I'm working on my thoughts. It's not because of my actions. I'm anxious because of what they did. Something happened to me outside of my control. I didn't ask for this. And there's many people who have left the faith because Something happened to them outside of control, outside of their control. God didn't step up and protect. But can I tell you something? Bodyguard God, the one that disappointed us, he was supposed to stop it and he didn't protect us. Bodyguard God doesn't exist in the Bible. That is a false God. Not once has Jesus ever promised that I will protect you from all trials and all troubles. No harm will ever come your way. No, he said they will come, and you will experience a lot, but take heart because I'm with you. I'm with. He's going to be with you in those moments. So if you believed in bodyguard God and you walked away from faith, one, good, good, because that was a false God. You were chasing a false God, but let's come back and see who was this God that he was there. This goes back to the gospel. All right, freedom is found, peace is found when you and I accept that I'm not in control. You're going to release a lot of anxiety when you realize I am not in control. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds when, as you live in Christ. That's a big, that's a big part of this. Not when you practice all these professional tips, which, by the way, the professional tips are huge and helpful, all right? Go see your counselor, talk to a counselor, those things that help. But at the end of the day, you got where are you putting your faith and your trust in? Not behavioral changes. This is, I gotta put this in Christ. I gotta bank on him, not on me. I am not in control. The shift, the shift goes from all about me thinking, does God care? Is he where is he? I don't know i I'm in chains for Christ. Paul, he is on his execution trail like it is coming up. I'm freaking out. I can't sleep at 3 a.m. Paul is up at midnight singing praises in a jail cell. I am not in control. I'm going to submit it to God. The foundation shifts from me. The the foundation shifts from a sinking sand to a solid rock foundation when you and I do this. Trust plus gratitude equals the peace of God. Joseph. Joseph is calling out in the Bible. Would you guys trust him? Decades. Decades have gone by. Would you guys trust him? He's working on whatever you're worried about right now. Daniel, Daniel is crying out to you saying, would you trust him today? David, I've been reading recently in Samuel. David was a teenager when they said, hey, David, you're going to be the next king. It wasn't until he was in his 30s until he was a king. Then he was a king, but he wasn't even in Jerusalem yet. He was just this little tribe. Another seven years passes before he's king over all of his seven years. Freedom Church isn't even five years old yet. They're calling out to you saying, hey, 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 look at Romans chapter 8. We know, we know, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Jesus would say it like this as he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, not my will be done, but your will. Be done. I don't want this. I don't want to go through it. Please, if there's any other way, take it away. Yet not my will. I trust you. Your will. You got a better plan. We got to face our anxieties and our worries head on, but you don't got to take them all by yourself. You give them over to God. Trust. Trust plus gratitude equals the peace of God. Can we pray? Oh. God, this is a, this is a fight every single day, and it is a, it is a, a battle of our mind. But we are not helpless in this. You've you've given us the armor of God straight out of Ephesians six, truth, the gospel, that we don't have to work to earn your favor that you are faithful, that you are able, that you are with us. So when the lies of the enemy come against us to tell us that we're not enough, to tell us that you got to work harder, that nobody likes you, no one loves you, you're you're worthless, we can tell them right where to go. Because the opposite is true. The shame, the guilt that we carry You say, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary, and carry heavy burdens. You're carrying a load. You're juggling it, trying to do it all. And he's saying, you're not God. You don't have to hold on to those things. Don't just give up one. Give up all the things. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Your soul is not at rest. Father, I just pray over everyone in this room. This is not a message to shame or condemn anyone. This is something that we all struggle with. But I know if you are speaking to us right now, you're speaking something out of love. It's going to challenge us to push us out of our comfort zone. But you're, you're, you're pushing us towards peace. You're pushing us towards freedom. So we, can we solidify that right now with everyone? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired.